Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Majorly Minor Podcast. I am your host, Maros John Ahi, and this is episode three of the podcast, the final part of a three-part series on Kanye West. For part three, I'm joined again by Armin Kara Oglanian, and we will be talking about the albums The Life of Pablo, Yay, and Kids See Ghosts, which I refer to as, quote-unquote, Pablo Kanye. So without further ado, here is episode three. All right, Armin, how's it going? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, So this is the third podcast that we're doing. Uh, In the first one, we talked about the old Kanye. In the second one, we talked about peak Kanye. For this one... Uh, we're going to be talking about Pablo Kanye. So the reason I call it that is um, basically because of the fact that this is when, I, I believe, this is when Kanye starts to kind of become more interested in other fields, other kind of interests, whether it's fashion, whether it's um, architecture, product design, stuff like that. So I feel like he's embodying that whole life of Pablo, Pablo Escobar, Pablo Picasso, that whole aesthetic. Um, Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about kind of this era of of Kanye as a whole? Well, what I found what I find most interesting about this era of Kanye is he's given up his um, pursuit of perfection, if you will. And he's freed him. He's freed himself up to experiment and to sort of like create in the moment. And I think this is when he really starts just experimenting with with um, with time and um, allowing himself to just sort of like find inspiration and creativity in the moment, which was definitely not the case with all of the other albums that we talked about. Yeah, um, I I completely agree. I think that. This this is a this is a strange kind of I would say last couple of years for Kanye because I think that what at least my interpretation is that this is when he starts to kind of put music a little bit to the side in terms of how he's focusing on it and he starts to have this kind of like super heavy focus on other stuff and it's not in the sense that he's like lazy about music, I don't think. I think it's more so the fact that he kind of knows he knows he can do music so well at this point that it's almost like he wants to just have a new challenge. That's kind of how I kind of interpret it as. Yeah, I guess you can I guess you can look at it from that way. Um, I mean, he also has so many other, like you said, um, pursuits and um, things that he's chasing after or building like the Yeezy brand. Um, and, and so just, he, he's just busier with other projects and other things that he's exploring. So it's just interesting how that f- factors into his music because he's not sort of taking his time to make um, albums where it's produced on the level of, you know, fantasy Um, or doesn't have sort of like that kind of like production value to it. It's just very different. Like Pablo to me, you know, Pablo is the album that had four or five title changes 
And um, it was it was a work in progress. I mean, we'll get to this in a second, but it's just definitely like a work in progress sort of like era that he's in now. And like you said, he's doing a lot of other things, but it's interesting how his relationship with music is, like you said, kind of changing. He's not sort of like still um, taking that amount of um, per- he's not putting in that amount of like perfection into his music and just saying like, well, it's going to take me five, six years to make another album. He's busy doing everything else, but he's just changing the dynamic he has with uh, producing his albums. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, so, so yeah, so like you said, we're, we're going to be talking about, um, the albums, the life of Pablo, yay and kids see ghosts. Um, but you know, for this one in particular, um, I think it, this requires a little bit of background before we get into the first album, because, so basically we left off the last episode with Yeezus and then after Yeezus was released, he went on tour. Uh, I believe he went on tour in 2014 as well, and then did some shows in Australia. I think he did some shows like in San Francisco for outside lands, we didn't get any music from him in 2014 until uh, the last day of the year when he introduces Only One. So mm-hmm. January 2015, we get Only One. Then we get Four or Five Seconds, the song with Rihanna and Paul McCartney. Then we get to February 2015 when he premieres Yeezy Season 1. And during Yeezy Season 1, which I'm sure you're aware, it says on the screen, it says this is track number one uh, on Kanye West's new album, Wolves. And then he introduces Wolves, which I love that song when it first came out. Um, And at that point, you know, I'm thinking, okay, the album is coming. The album is about to come out. But then nothing. We don't get anything for a few more months. We get some releases here and there. So we get... um, you know, Fade, which comes out for Yeezy Season 2. You know, we get the, the probably, arguably, his best song ever, All Day, which is, I think, both of our favorite songs uh, of mm-hmm. his. So, but basically, all of 2015, it's like this anticipation, and we're building, we're building, but we never get an actual album. Um, I'm just curious what you thought about this time before we get into Life of Pablo. In 2015, what were your thoughts on it? Like, me personally, I thought we were going to get an album right after Yeezy Season 1. So it was a little bit of a disappointment that whole year. I think there was an album. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I'm i not an expert on this, but I feel like um, there was an album coming. And I feel like All Day was a part of it, but it was a very different um, album. It was a very different vibe than what we ended up getting with Life of Pablo. So, I, I you know I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong, but I feel like there was an album there. He was experimenting. He was changing things. He was you know finding songs and scrapping songs. And then eventually, I think what happened was he kind of sat down and just kind of redid everything or just created a whole new album on the spot with Pablo. Um, I mean, what, what, what I was feeling during this time was, um, you know, I heard only one, I heard four or five seconds. I didn't love the songs to be honest. I thought, I thought they were fine. 
um, I remember just feeling like, um, you know, I, I can't really picture these songs on his next album. Um, and it's also because, you know, he's coming off Yeezus and he's got like this song about his daughter and the song with Paul McCartney whistling in the background. It just did not feel like what I thought would be coming sort of off the heels off Yeezus. Um, all day felt like what I was sort of um, ready for. All day felt like such a great continuation of Yeezus. And it was taking us into like this really, really interesting place. And the album titles that he had, So Help Me God, Swish, I just felt like embodied um, what was the next like logical like evolution in his like career. But yeah, I think like everyone else, I thought an album was incoming. I think... Um, it's easy to sort of forget that there was like this whole year of kind of waiting um, because it just felt like it's coming soon. It's coming in a couple months and then it just never came. So I think it was, I think I was more interested in like, why is he changing his album titles or why is he kind of flip flopping back and forth? Because I hate uncertainty. I just hate when things are not like just going back into sort of the follow up to graduation and 808s and how I felt like this doesn't feel like a calculated move. This looks like he's, you know, it feels like he's shooting from the hip. I was getting a little bit of those flashbacks. Like, does he really know what he's doing? Is he really about to follow what I feel like was his best album Yeezus is he is he not sure of what the next step is going to be he keeps changing album titles he keeps changing songs um and so that's kind of how I felt like what is the plan here and definitely didn't feel like he had one I I felt the same way I I think that I'm not sure like you said I'm not sure if there was an album but it definitely felt like there was something being um cooked up and you could sense that there was something on the horizon especially after yeezy season one because wolves really made an impact a lot of people you know gravitated towards that song and you know all day came out and i you know people got really excited about that the live performances that he had for that so i'm i'm curious what that album would have been but you know, again, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that the the uncertainty leading into 2016, I think, was a little bit strange, and it didn't feel like we were going to get a real like artistic kind of project. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I felt at that time. Yep. Um, all right. So ultimately, though, he did end up releasing the Life of Pablo. Uh, so here's some facts about it. It came out. February 14th, 2016, the singles off the album were Famous, Father Stretch My Hands, and Fade. It was 20 songs long. Uh, This album did not have a physical release, so it was only available on Tidal for the first two months. Um, Tidal statistics show that he had 400 million streams in the first six weeks. It went platinum in March 2017. The Metacritic rating is 75 out of 100. So kind of we kind of talked about it just just a second ago, but what what was your first memory with Life of Pablo? I was uh I was at work. Um I was working and I was watching the event. Um and I was really excited. I was really nervous. I was hoping that it was a coherent album and that it didn't feel like it was slapped together. I remember 
merch being a big part of this sort of new era of Kanye. I remember remember buying the album without having heard anything. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. So I remember, um, I remember seeing the album cover and I remember hating it. Um, I don't hate it anymore, but I remember just thinking, wow, this is, you know, he worked with cause (laughs) he worked with Murakami and all these great artists. And this album cover didn't, um, the album cover and even the title, I feel like he's always had like really interesting titles and life of Pablo. I get what it means, but I, I didn't feel like it was original enough. I didn't feel like the art was original enough. I didn't think the merch was original enough. Obviously I've changed my viewpoint on some of these um, points, but I remember, um, I remember listening to the album while working and um, seeing the live event unfold. And, you know, I didn't have a track list to go off of. And like I have felt with all of his other albums, everything just sounded the same. Um, I remember song after song enjoying it, but I couldn't really just, you know, differentiate one between the other. Of course, I don't feel that way now, but I remember hearing it and enjoying it. There was definitely some songs that stood out to me more than others. And as soon as it was, it was complete, I just wanted I just wanted to have it in front of me. I wanted to know what the names of the songs were. I wanted to go back and listen to them all and sort of take the time to really appreciate them. So that was my first, um, that was my first, um, impression of the album. Yeah. Um, uh, as, as for me, um, I was excited about the album, uh, when I first, when I first heard that it was going to happen at the fashion show. Um, but I also was a little bit prepared for, um, like disappointment, I guess you could say, because I kind of knew, I knew that it wasn't going to have the same vibe of how I felt after watching Yeezy season one, because I, I really liked wolves. I really liked all day. I, I really liked that vibe. And I, and I knew that just because of everything that I had heard and everything that was leading up to it, he, he kept switching titles, you know, the week before he was in the studio with all these different people getting like changing songs last minute, everything felt really rushed. And like you, you nailed it with the, with the album cover. I mean, it just felt so, um, underdeveloped that it just felt really strange that, that an album from Kanye West just didn't feel, um, complete. And, that's kind of how I felt. Also, the merch, you know, everything, everyone, this is kind of when this merch boom starts happening. So everything is just this massive amount of t-shirts and sweaters and, and this and that. And it just felt like a lot of just a lot of stuff coming at you. Um, so that's that's kind of my first memory. And it, it just felt it just felt really strange. You know, even even the whole album. I mean, this was the first album where we're witnessing the album through a live stream. We're not even listening to it like uh, in a traditional cd where we have you know we get to listen to it on our own we're basically watching people listen to the album so it's it's a whole different experience yep that's a good point and um and a work in progress you know he changed songs he changed songs um added songs i couldn't keep up at one point you know hearing oh you know this this song has changed slightly on title and I didn't have titles, so I didn't know, you know, how is it different? Why is it different? And then, you know, songs being added, moved around. I, I thought Wolves, the original version, was perfect. And then he changed it. Then he changed it back. And he was taking feedback oh, from people. He was taking feedback from people on Twitter and telling, you know, people that he's going to change and fix Wolves. And that, to me, seemed crazy. 
but I kind of love that approach to sort of like take the feedback of your audience or he's constantly painting, right? Like a painting is never, you know, he's never finished with it. It's just constantly evolving. Um, and yeah, I guess he did that with his later albums, but, um, Pablo definitely, I don't even know if it's complete yet because I heard a song recently and it sounded different from what I remember. And it, it was, it sort of stuck out to me and I was just sort of like, what is the finished version of this album or is it ever finished? Is any album finished? Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting about this one. You, you bring up a really good point because this is the, if you just compared this album with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, if you just compared the two of them side by side, they're, they're drastically different. Like one is basically this very polished work of art, Every, even the packaging of the CD and, and all the inserts and then the artist and everything is so well put together and organized track by track. And you can't even imagine the tracks being in a different order. And then you mix it with The Life of Pablo, which is the only album to never be released physically from Kanye West. And it just, like you said, there's changes still being made. Uh, I don't even know if he's changing it recently, but you know, there's still changes to the album being made. So it's like, even just like two albums later, the, the drastic difference that he has from one album to the other, it's, I think it's, it's fascinating. I think it's, but it's, I think it, it signals this new Kanye West. There's a, there's a Da Vinci quote that says art is never finished, only abandoned. And then I think George Lucas said a movie is never finished, only abandoned. And I feel like that's, what's kind of happening here. You know, when are you really finished with, a creative um, project. Um, I just think, you know, with, with release dates and deadlines, an artist has to finish something or, or not. They just have to abandon it. They have to stop at a certain point. I hear that with a lot of filmmakers saying that. Um, so I think, I think with, with Pablo and with Kanye is he had the deadline to sort of like premiere the album, but then he, he didn't want to abandon it. He kept, going back to it and working it and reshaping it. So I think, I think like that's, that's such a great album to like never be released because it's just this constant work of progress. Work yeah. In progress. Yeah. I mean, you honestly, you brought up a, another good point because George Lucas, I mean, everyone gives him so much uh, crap for the fact that he went back and changed the original star Wars and made changes and all this stuff. And it's a big thing in the, in that community that people hate and it's I think that's it's something that bothers me too, is that I feel like music and film and all that, like once they're done, they're done. And I and that's why I think I've never understood why Kanye did so many changes on this album and why he can you know, why he always wants to make changes and and do certain things and it just felt weird to me. And I think that maybe I think you nailed it. I think that's probably the reason that this album frustrates me the most is that he didn't yeah. complete it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well getting into it, the categories, uh, what do you think the best song is from the life of Pablo? You have a lot to choose from. <laughs> I know I should have prepared for this because there's so many great songs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really, I, I think Wolves is probably top three songs if, if it retained, you know, if it was, it was the original version. Yeah. Um, unfortunately the changes that have been made to it, I think the theme of the song changes. I think you had mentioned that, um, once. Um, so my favorite, 
it could be waves. I think it's, I think it's such an, a, a fresh song that yeah. a song that he's never made before, but I, there's also so many I love. What is yours? Um, waves was mine as well. Um, I, I do love wolves, but I think still to this day when I hear it and I hear his rap verse on it, I just cringe because, you know, I, I just remember the original version and I just wish that he had stopped the song after Sia's, uh, verse because, you know, that's how it was in the originally. I don't know why he added the rap track. I don't know who told him to do that, but I think that's, that was a huge mistake on his part. But, I mean, obviously he knows better than me probably. But um, I definitely think Waves is the best song. Um, I think Famous is probably the song that people will most remember from this album. But Which I, is a good song. It's a, a great you know, song, yeah. It got a lot of radio play, but like Famous is, is, is a great song. Great song, yeah. So um, I guess the next one, what's age the best, do you think? Hmm. I think I think Waves is still like really great and really innovative and really fresh. Um, I still love Fade. I love that Fade doesn't quite like have a structure like all of his other songs. And that's how I felt about the original Wolves. Um, but speaking like outside of songs, what's age the best, I think, is the merch um sort of popularity that came from this and i might not feel this way in like five years um because you know merch is you know it is what it is and it's it's changed so much over the last couple decades but he really popularized it in a very different way you know people have events you know one night events and they create merch for it um, Kanye is not responsible for that, of course, but so much of it came from there and people using his font on their own merch and their own designs. Um, the whole like pop-up shop, um, you know, aspect of the sort of this whole album. Those are the things that I, I think has aged the best from, from, from life of Pablo. I agree. I, I, I think from a, from an album standpoint, I think what's aged the best is I was listening to it the other day just to refresh myself. I think the the track listing is pretty great. I think that, you know, the first, I would say, eight or nine songs, you know, the way that he kind of goes from one song to the next. And he has a really good uh, ability to kind of put songs together in the right order. And so I think that those, you know, the first 10 or 11 songs, I would say, are really well crafted in terms of the order of them. Um, but broadly, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the art direction, you know, this is where all these, um, pop-up shops start happening. This is when the merch starts to explode. I don't, I don't think, I don't think artists were doing merch like the way Kanye was before Kanye did it. So I think he's, he's somewhat responsible for this new wave of like, you know, having these you know, weekend pop-up shops and having like all these different items of merch that are designed by, you know, so-and-so artists and all this stuff. So I think, I definitely think that that's what's aged the best in terms of, um, the art direction, like what he did. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I also think, you know, here's an album where if you cut, cut it in half, you probably have the greatest album, you know, in my opinion. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I don't really love, and I know, I know what he tried to do with Ye, you know, no fillers, you know, just all 
um, just the best of the best. And we'll get to that later. But here he's got such great, um, great songs where if you just kind of cut it in half, it'd be amazing. It would be um, it would be his best probably. Yeah, which which is actually a great segue to what's age the worst for me, because that's what I would say is that I think looking at the album, I think it could have been 12 songs. I think that um, the songs that had already been released, like No More Parties in L.A., 30 Hours, Real Friends, I feel like those maybe should have been on a separate EP or or maybe a separate album of some sort. I, I, th- I definitely think that you know, the first 12 songs are really great. And then it kind of goes downhill after that. And it's mostly because, you know, we've heard them, you know, we already had heard a lot of them. And so like, they weren't like these surprise songs. Um, and then, you know, also he left out all day, all day isn't on any Kanye album, which is kind of a weird thing. Um, it's a shame. yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird thing that, you know, one of his best songs ever, arguably, doesn't really have an album it just was like kind of a random single um so that's a little bit strange so yeah i definitely think he could have made it 12 13 songs i think it could have been a lot better um that that's that was my answer for what's age the worst is that kind of yours as well yeah i think i think that sums it up pretty well yeah um so overall do you think it's overrated underrated or properly rated I would probably say properly rated. I know a lot of people um, put this up really high, or at least I've seen a lot of people do that. Um, I think I think that probably feels right for me. Properly rated. Yeah. What I, do you think? I, I think so too. I think I think it's. I don't see people putting it at the very very top. So um, I would say I agree. I think it's properly rated. I do think that, like individually speaking, there's some songs here that are you know some of his absolute best um and they would be my favorites on you know on any of his other albums so i think just like pound for pound this might be like the best collection of songs um i don't know because because i'm just thinking on his other albums he's definitely got a I think it's when I think of like the other albums are more just like more thematic. Right. And they just like speak to me more as a whole, but here it's more about like the individual songs and they're so great. Um, and they don't really make a whole like they do on his other albums. I guess the theme here is just work in progress. I don't know if there's really any other kind of one that I can chase after. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that this was one of those albums that I think that the, each song had its own vibe And it it wasn't like a complete thing. It was just like all these different vibes coming at you um, on like one playlist almost. It it doesn't – it's not even like an album I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Um, All right. So leading into the next album, Yay. So it came out June 1st, 2018. The singles off the album are Yikes and All Mine. It's seven songs long, so now we begin the whole seven songs uh, that Kanye wants to do from now on. Uh, it sold 208,000 units in the first week. Uh, too early to see if it'll go platinum, uh, but the Metacritic rating is 64 out of 100, which is his worst-rated album. Uh, so what's the first memory you have with Ye? Um, I didn't believe it would be released on June 1st. Yeah. Um, I 
I didn't think he would make that date and I knew he was working on it, but, um, I just felt like, you know, cause he announced it, you know, just a couple of weeks before that, if I'm not mistaken. So my first memory was making sure that I, you know, was home and available to watch this, um, um, watch this live and the lead up to it was beautiful. Um, it felt like I was watching a movie or about to get myself into a movie. Um, my first impression was I liked, I, 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 I've talked so much about, you know, a lot of the songs blending in together, but I didn't quite have that problem here. Maybe because I was so conscious of it and maybe because there was so few songs, but I remember just hearing each song and it felt like it wasn't the first time I had heard it. And I think I was just paying super close attention to the nuances of the song um, in each song. So my first impression was I really, really like it. I really like these songs. And it when I heard Ghost Town is when I knew like this is Ghost Town, I thought was, you know, the greatest um, thing that he had done in the last couple of years and sort of walked away from it feeling like I don't quite know what yay is. I don't quite know what like the theme of this album is. Cause I, always, I, I don't know why, but I, I really think about sort of the career as a whole and how these albums all fit together and, you know, why this album now, what does it say about the album that came before it? So yay. Um, I, I didn't quite know how to fit it in at the time, but I thought I thought it was a great listen and a great watch for sure. That yeah, that's I feel very very similarly. Um, I I was excited for the album to come out. Um, I, I didn't have a lot of expectations because you know I, I just wasn't sure what to think. He was in the news for a lot of weird you know other stuff going on, and so I was just kind of curious to know what he was gonna come out with and. You know, the fact that he was doing these five albums, you know, every week and he was, you know, uh, executive producing all these albums and putting these projects together. I just didn't really know what he was going to end up doing for his own album. Um, and I, I think that, like I said before, I think now with 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 Ye is when we really start to see his mindset change from from music to fashion, because I think that now you know, you see a pair of his shoes or you see one of his pieces of clothing and they're so, they're so designed, they're so engineered, they're so like meticulous. And now the music, you know, from, from all accounts, the music is put together very quickly. I think this one, someone said it was like a week or two that he put this together. The The album cover is taken with his cell phone the night before. I mean, you know, this at this point, I think Kanye is just like, I know what to do to make this legit. I know I can just take a picture with my iPhone, put some text on it, and and people are going to love it. So, like, it's just this higher level of, like, he's mastered this whole thing. That, like, he knows he can put a great album together in a week. It's not it's not a masterpiece, I don't think, but it's a, it's a great album to be done in, like, a week. Um, but I don't, I don't know if – I don't – see – he might know that he can make a great album, but to me, it's just a little odd because I know that Charlemagne had said that um, he heard 
a different album when he interviewed Kanye and that was a week or two before Kanye yeah. came out. And so he heard a completely different album, the album that he had been working on. And to me, it's just a little strange that everything here, because you hear these stories about Kanye's finishing it up literally minutes before the debut of the album. And to me, that's just a little odd. Like I, I know and he knows that he can make a great album, whether it's, you know, a year worth of planning or a week worth of planning. I just find it odd that after making these epic albums like Fantasy and these personal passion projects like 808s and um, taking so much time and energy and putting those into these albums that become, you know, the core, um, you know, the core part of your sort of like career then you just sort of say, well, you know, this one, I'm just going to kind of like put it all together. It's still going to be good. It's still going to be great. But I just find it odd that he would take that approach. And I don't know if that approach even makes sense unless he's consciously just saying, okay, I want to do something different. Like Life of Pablo was this work in progress that's not really going to be finished and it's constantly evolving and I'm taking feedback from people and I'm just incorporating into the songs. How can I do something different with Ye? And really the only way you could do something different is to create it like in the moment. Like even the cell phone picture of the album cover and everything else about this album to me says he wanted to make an album that's completely in the moment, right? He said he rewrote the album and rewrote these songs after his TMZ appearance. And that to me just says that he wanted to capture Kanye in, you know, May, June of 2018, And no other album that I know of, and certainly not his, you can sort of like look at it and say, that's Kanye at that specific moment. You know, Ye is an album like made specifically within that time and everything about it um, kind of connects to that theme. That that's a that's a really good point. And it it makes me think about a theory that I've had about this going off topic a little bit, but this is a theory that I've had about this is that and maybe tell me if I'm wrong, but I think athletes, they know they have a prime, you know, they know that there's maybe a five, six year stretch where they can really capture the moment because they're in the best possible shape. They're in the best possible condition. So part of me thinks maybe, you know, directors and actors and artists, maybe they believe that they have their own prime. So the same way that maybe, uh, you know, you look at like maybe David Fincher or someone like that. Maybe they know that like, I know I have a five or six year stretch where I'm going to make really good content, but they know they're not going to make their best film later in their, in their career. So maybe is it possible? And I'm just asking you, is it possible that maybe Kanye knows that his best albums have already been made? He already has made his masterpieces. So at this point, he just is she's trying to just kind of do something else because he knows he'll never make an album as good as my beautiful dark twisted fantasy well i don't know if he feels that way um i think you i think i think you're right and i i think um i don't know how much of that sort of like figures into his actual like thinking process um like quentin tarantino for example like says he's going to make 10 films and that's it because he wants to have 10 great films to his name and with filmmakers as with a lot of other artists but like filmmakers you get older you're a little bit more out of touch 
um, you know, with the world around you. And so you're not saying all that, you know, in, you know, what you're saying is not all that interesting. And so I think that's an ex- interesting case. I think, you know, he's definitely cautiously thinking about, I want to make films up to a certain point in my life. Um, with Kanye, any other artists, I don't know if that's their thought process or if Kanye thinks that the best is behind him or if that's even something that they should entertain. Because if you feel like you've already, I think with like athletes is different, but if an artist, like if Kanye feels confident that the best years are behind him, then that's kind of scary. You know, that's scary for him to kind of, um, move forward in his career. Yeah. So I think, but, but I, I do think it, it does definitely, I, I think Kanye would definitely you know, probably admit that, you know, like 808s and fantasy and Yeezus were, you know, the peak of his career. I just don't know how much that figures into his actual thinking. And I also think, um, I'd be curious how, um, I'm curious how much of sort of like doing something new is something that he's chasing after, you know, like, um, like Life of Pablo was definitely something new. Ye was a completely new uh, approach, you know, making seven songs, making five albums, you know, back to back, you know, making an album in a week's time. I wonder if he's chasing after like, what's the next new thing I can do to, you know, stimulate me creatively. Yeah, I, I think that I think you nailed it. I think that that uh, is probably more so his focus now is what can he do differently from what he's done in the past? You know, I don't think that he's past his prime by any means, but I, I do think that we get into this weird thing with a lot of creative geniuses where everyone kind of has made their mind up that this is their best work and that they'll never get better than X, you know, Y and Z. And, and it's kind of like they're trying to capture that again and again. And I'm just wondering, is, is Kanye... Does he have the foresight to kind of be like, you know, I already know, so now I'm just going to try something new, you know, because it's it, it's strange that after Yeezus, you know, you definitely see kind of a more unorganized, kind of more relaxed approach when it comes to uh, the music. And so I, it's just it's it's interesting to see where he's going to go moving forward. Like, is he going to have another dark fantasy you know, at some point in his career moving forward. Who knows? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too, yeah. Um, so, okay, so leading into the categories, what's the best song on Ye, do you think? Go- Ghost Town. Yeah, I, I, don't, I think that's probably the easiest one we've answered. I yeah. would agree, Ghost Town. Uh, what do you think has aged the best? It's, it's a little early to say, but I mean, yeah. I guess whatever you can say. I, I really love, you know, this experiment with time and just sort of creating in the moment, you know, as someone who has um, not completed projects because I was too close to them, chasing perfection um, and never being able to sort of, um, you know, be completely satisfied with something. I love that he took a completely new approach here and also with Life of Pablo, just sort of creating in the moment and you know, letting the work kind of speak for itself at that given point in his life. Um, you know, I, I don't love work that's dated, you know, so I, I like, you know, I, I don't like watching films that, you know, are very relevant to that 
specific year or time period. You know, I remember like this is a bad example, but I remember watching Scary Movie 4 in theaters and um, they made a joke about MySpace and it got the biggest laughs any joke I've ever seen in a movie theater get laugh because it was it was a movie about right now at this specific moment. We put a mo- we put a joke in the movie that feels like, you know, a joke that we made a couple of days ago. Yeah. And and I hate when movies um, or any kind of art um you know, doesn't try to be timeless in a way where, you know, you're, you, I guess my point is like with yay, it's very much about like right now, it's very much about like the TMZ, um, Kanye, it's very much about, you know, um, all the things that he was saying on Twitter and all the things that he was saying elsewhere. And I guess what I like about it is also what I don't like about it is that I love that it's all sort of like in the moment, um, inspiration, um, I guess I spoiled my what hasn't aged the best because it's it's also that same answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I I think that um, again I think like the fact that he did five albums in five weeks. I think that as far as like what exactly it's I think it's you know it's only been out for what three months. So you know I think it's a little early to say, but overall I think it's the fact that he did you know, an album every Friday consecutively, and they were all really great by all accounts. So, you know, but at the same time, uh, I think you could also say that maybe that didn't age very well because of the fact that kind of people have moved on from, from all accounts and he kind of got forgotten about in a weird way. Um, so also me personally, I would have said what's aged the worst is that there was no visuals. You know, we didn't get a visual from any single, um, which is kind of unlike Kanye to do that. Yeah. It's also like, this wasn't an event, um, like his other, you know, films. I mean, I guess it was an event with a live stream, but it doesn't really feel like Kanye released like an album cause it doesn't feel like a full album. Um, and yeah, yeah the, the lack of visuals, um, it's almost like it doesn't just, it doesn't really feel like he'll go on tour. I mean, I'm sure he will, but it just doesn't feel like he created something where like the life of Pablo or Yeezus, where I'm sort of like, well, I, I gotta see what the tour of this is going to look like because it's, it's seven songs. So it's, the tour is not going to really be based around this album specifically. It's, it's probably going to be an extension of like Kitsy ghosts and his other albums before this. So it's, you know, it's just very interesting that he took that, um, that direction with it. And I also like, you made a comment, like when he released a um, vinyl and the CD, that he made that decision after like Jesus, the open casket, and then the lack of like a physical release with Pablo. Yeah. Yay was like, well, that doesn't seem like the next thing like you would do, you know? I mean, he, he famously tweeted, he said, the life of Pablo will never be released physically. I'm never going to release an album again. And he started this new thing of like, I'm only going to do streaming. I'm not going to sell physical albums. And then, bam, we get yay, and there's a vinyl, there's a CD, there's this, there's that, and and then you're like, wait, uh, what about the open casket? So it was was a little bit strange, and I I mean, we can can talk about the tour. Part of me is a little bit afraid that maybe we've seen Kanye, like, for the last time on tour, just because I don't know if he's going to do it. I think, you know, we're running out of time for him to announce a... Uh, a world tour i mean just watch now it's gonna happen tomorrow um i hope so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean i think we're we're running out of time and 
I think he maybe knows, like maybe him or his, you know, his wife, maybe they know like how much stress the St. Pablo tour was for him physically and mentally, you know, maybe he doesn't want to risk it. Maybe he knows there's so much that he has to do to prepare for it. Um, you know, who knows, but part of me thinks, you know, and also, you know, he's 41 years old. So, you know, I don't know if he, he, he's able to kind of do the same crazy tour that he, you know, that a Travis Scott or a Drake is able to do. So it's a little bit sad, but I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but, um, it does signal that, you know, maybe this is the new Kanye that is just going to quietly release music and, and really just work on other projects whatever that may be, even if it's creative directing a Pornhub award. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I also just want to mention, you know, the, his approach to merch and his, um, everything just felt so organized and so, um, fresh and innovative, which is always like the words I'll use with him is that he found a new way to like breathe life into things that were getting stale, like even his own merch and other people's merch. Um, he just found a new way to get me excited with it. And the way he did that was by taking the event name and his name and the location and the date of the event and just putting it in basic font on a hat. And I just thought, well, that's great. Um, and I just, I love, I I love that he can do that. And I love that he can make something, um, so simple, just feel so, um, so great, but you know, you might be right. You know, he, he did have sort of the famous infamous breakdown, um, with the Pablo tour and everything that they went through as a family. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, he doesn't tour ever again, but you know, who knows, you know, hopefully we still have a couple of albums and tours, um, you know, that all come from him. Yeah. It's, it's too early to say, I think, but I think that if it doesn't tour, if it doesn't ever like, you know, if the album doesn't tour or if, you know, even kids see ghosts, if that doesn't tour, I, th- I think that will age badly overall. I think that he's so, you know, he's known for having these incredible tours. So, I mean, if it never does happen, then, you know, it might not age very well down the line. Um, so to wrap up, overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Properly rated, I think. Yeah, I would. I agree. I agree with that one. Um, all right. So the final one that we're going to talk about, uh, Kids See Ghosts. So it came out a week later, June 8th, 2018. No singles off the album seven songs long it sold 142,000 units the first week again too early to see if it'll go platinum the metacritic rating is 84 out of 100 uh so a lot higher so what um what was your first memory for kitsy ghost i was back at watching the live stream a week later and i was excited um i definitely knew something was coming because something had just happened last week um i remember I remember waiting for it. I remember, um, look, I love Kid Cudi and I love that Kanye was going to make an album with Kid Cudi. Um, but I definitely, and I think I said this earlier, like I definitely didn't look at this as like a Kanye West album and I knew it would be good. Um, I didn't know it would be this good. And, um, I had this feeling and I think you had said it too, where like, we, we really loved yay. We really liked it. And then we said, but I, we both, I think said like, I think the masterpiece is coming with kids see ghosts. Um, so yeah, I I think we did say that. (laughs) Yeah. So my feeling was, um, 
watching the live stream and listening to it, I couldn't believe that because I was, I was sort of counting along like, okay, we're on song number four, we're on song number five, we're on song number, song number six. And I couldn't believe that I had yet to hear a bad song or a filler song. And I remember sort of like turning to my wife. I might have even been texting you just saying, actually, I wasn't texting you because we talked after the whole thing had finished. But I remember just think, just saying to my wife, oh, my God, I hope, you know, we're on song number five. We're on song number six. I hope the next one is not the filler. And I couldn't believe that once the album was finished, that this was the first album where there wasn't, in my opinion, a filler song. Every song was great. Yep. Every song. Yeah, that's. I feel the same way. I mean, I've been a fan of Kanye uh, since the beginning. I was a fan of Kid Cudi from his first album. 808s is my favorite album, and, and Kid Cudi had a lot to do with that album. So I, I've never liked a song with Kid Cudi and Kanye. Like, I've, I've never not liked a song. Every song yeah. that they've done together has been great. So I was super excited. And, yeah, exactly like you said, I... I I could not find a bad song and every song was a different vibe. It felt like fresh. It felt like a, a, a song that you would see in a movie trailer. Um, it just felt like cinema. It just felt, it felt incredible. Every song just felt so good. And, and I got pumped. I, I really, I still think it's, it's one of the best projects ever. And it's a shame because I mean, we'll get into this for what's age the best slash the worst, but I feel like it's become kind of forgotten about, which is which is kind of a shame. Um, yeah. So, I getting into the categories. What's the best song? Do you think? I don't know. My favorite song is "Feel the Love" because I love when that song you know comes on. I love the energy of it. I love Pusha T in it. I love the whatever happens in the second half of the song. <laughs> the screaming. Um, yeah, it's it's just oh my gosh! I, I would make a movie just to have that song in in the trailer and in the movie. But I think that I don't know. I don't know what the best song is. I love Fourth Dimension. I love Reborn. Um, I, I I don't know yet. I think I think. Fourth Dimension might be the best song on the album. Yeah, I I couldn't pick one, so I just was like, yeah. uh, I said there, it's like a three way tie. Reborn. Uh, I really like the song Free, which is I guess Ghost Town Part Two. Um, I also really like Fourth Dimension. So yeah, I mean every song I think is great. Um, yeah. So what do you think has aged the best? Do you think? It feels so timeless. This album is just, you know, when I when I heard it and then when I sort of um, kept listening to it after the fact, it just felt so timeless. You know, I, I couldn't believe like on Gay, he was talking about his mental health and he was talking about, you know, right now and all the things that he's going through. But Kitsy Goes just it was made at the same in the same time period, but it felt so timeless. It felt like it could have been, you know, secretly recorded back when 808s was recorded. Yeah. I think that's what's aged the most. And I think it's only going to hold up um, because of that quality. And um, the art direction is amazing. Um, Just their collaboration, the production value, um, what Kanye's doing, what Kid Cudi's doing. um, Yeah, I just think... I just think it's 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 such a fresh, fresh, timeless album. I think that's what's aged the best. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting you mentioned that because 
I think around this time, I think people, this obviously was released after Ye. And I think that once people started to talk about the fact that Ye was created so quickly, I think people kind of thought, assumed that maybe this was the case for Kids See Ghosts. And I, I don't remember where, where exactly the interview was, but I remember Kid Cudi had a quote basically saying like, no, like this was actually like a few, like a year or so in the making. Like we were putting this together for a while. So, I mean, it, it feels like it. It feels like definitely there yeah. was more preparation for this. The songs feel a lot more like much more polished, I would say. Um, it definitely doesn't feel like something that was put together in a week. Uh, it's funny cause I, it's funny cause I heard, um, I heard Pusha T say that he recorded like his vocals the day of. Yeah. 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 I just can't believe that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm very shocked when I heard that. And I, I mean, I guess for some reason Kanye wanted to start the album off with, with, you know, his verse, but it feels, it feels crazy to me that they would totally change that song i mean that song is so great with that verse on it i can't even imagine if it didn't have that verse on it because it's almost like you need that verse to transition into kanye's freak out at the end yeah i think this is in time in 5 10 20 years down the line i think this album is going to be one of the albums that's aged the best for for kanye i yep i totally agree that's you know that's kind of that's kind of what I would say as far as what's aged the best. I think that um, I think that the you know years from now, like you said, I think people are just going to be amazed that they actually did an album together. You know, I, I tweeted when it came out. I said, "Watch the Throne" was the album people wanted, but "Kids See Ghosts" is the album people needed. And I think that that's I think that that's really the case. I think that you know Jay Z and Kanye was 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 great, but Kid Cudi and Kanye feels like it just blends together so perfectly it's like this is the album that everyone really you know is the album we all needed it's the album that made the most sense i think wash the throne and jay-z's the girlfriend kid cuddy and kitsy ghost is the wife yeah (laughs) that's a great analogy yeah which i guess i mean there's a rumor that watch the throne 2 is coming so i don't know how i feel about that but um so yeah i think i think that if Kid Cudi and Kanye go on a tour together, you know, I definitely think that it will age better. But, um, you know, yeah. So anyways, leading into um, what's age the worst, uh, what do you think age the worst? I think just um, to piggyback what you said with uh, with Ye, just the fact that this was released, you know, I think it was the second of five albums, right, during that time period. Uh, um, yeah, Ye, Ye was second, Kid C goes okay, so, third, yeah. So so this was the third, yeah, because Pusha T came first. So this was the th- number th- album number three out of five. Um, it didn't really get sort of the attention that it deserved. And like you said, it might be kind of have forgotten about or like lost in the shuffle. Um, so I think that is probably the only thing that I can point to like yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah, um, I, I was saying the same thing. I think that... The fact that it came out, the fact that, you know, the Nas album was a week later, and then I think there was a Beyonce Jay-Z album, and then the Drake album, like, it it just kind of got pushed to the side. I I just, I'd be so curious to know if they had released it in the fall, like October, November, let's say, and they did the kind of promotional stuff, meaning a music video, like an SNL performance, you know, the whole whole jazz of what you do to promote it. 
I wonder if people would have been more receptive and more in love with the album. I feel like in a way they kind of shot themselves in the foot, the fact that they kind of just sandwiched it between, uh, you know, all these other albums. And then it was a bad timing because everyone seemed to release an album during that time. So I think it, that's probably didn't age very well. Um, also I just wanted to make another point. I think that, um, this is my own kind of take on it. I think that, I think kid Cudi is doing a little bit more on the album than Kanye. Like, I think in, in basketball terms, I think Kid Cudi's plus minus is a lot higher than Kanye. Like, I think yeah. he's he's doing a lot more with the limited stuff that he's doing. Like, I don't know. For some reason, a lot of the songs, I remember the Kid Cudi part rather than the Kanye part. So um, that's just something interesting. But again, Kanye had a lot going on at that time. I don't think he was that focused on if he was going to win the album or not. Well, he's also... I mean, maybe he's like Kanye's focusing more on the production side of yeah. it and he's letting like Kid Cudi do his thing. But that's exactly. a good point. I, I hadn't really thought about that because definitely Kid Cudi's the one that kind of stands out. There, um, there's a lot of songs where where it, it feels almost like a Kid Cudi song featuring Kanye rather than a Kid Ghost song. I mean, not all yeah. of them, but but definitely there's a couple where I'm like, oh, wow, this is this is this feels more Kid Cudi than Kanye. Yeah. Um, I so I guess I can I can assume what you'll say for this: overrated, underrated, or properly rated. It's underrated. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that one. Um, so so that's it. Um, yeah, I'm just looking over my notes. Yeah, that's it. So that concludes the three podcasts. Uh, we went through nine albums, uh, fourteen years of content. Do you have any final thoughts on this whole thing that we we kind of did? Yeah, I mean, you know, Kanye is the most interesting or one of the most interesting artists to talk about just career-wise. Um, I just think this has really um, helped me get a better perspective on all of his albums, the different eras of Kanye. You know, you kind of forget, you know, the the um, the places he was at when he made, you know, his first couple albums and his, you know, the albums in the middle stretch and his later years. Um, so it's just it's just great to sort of examine it in a new, you know, in a new lens. Um, and and I just I just it reaffirms now that we're kind of done with this journey that he's just an always evolving artist. You know, he's he's always super relevant to his time period. He's always slightly ahead or maybe more than slightly ahead of his time. Um, And I would love to know what I think of what we just said, you know, in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, because as I said a bunch of times, I had an initial reaction to an album and then years later it changed. So I'd be curious how all of this evolves down the road for me. Yeah, I'd I'd actually be really curious to know how, especially these these three albums, how they're going to feel five years from now, ten years from now. Um, but I think overall, I think you brought this up in the first podcast. I think Kanye has the ability to know what's what's current, but morph himself to that so that he's you know he never feels outdated. And I think um, it got me thinking about what's happening kind of recently with what he did. Um, you know, obviously we talked about it a little bit earlier. He was, he's the creative director for the recent Pornhub awards and he had the number one song on Spotify and YouTube. And, 
it was a song called I Love It with Little Pump. And the video was directed by Spike Jones and it's it's just crazy song, crazy video. And I I can't help I couldn't help but think when I was watching it, I'm like, here's Kanye, he's forty one years old. He's dancing around in this crazy costume with Little Pump, who's I think he's eighteen. Yeah. And he's old enough to be the guy's father. Yeah. But it doesn't seem strange. It doesn't seem like he's old enough to be his father. It doesn't seem like he's this old guy, you know, hanging out with Little Pump. You know, Kanye Kanye's stealing the show. Kanye's doing the funniest stuff in the video. He's doing the best lyrics in the video. So I, I think that it's kind of a metaphor for for Kanye kind of now moving forward is that this is what he's all about. You know, I, I was thinking it's like he doesn't he no longer wants to create movies. He wants to create like theme parks. You know, he, he doesn't mm-hmm. want to make a Disney movie. He wants to make Disneyland. It, it's like he, he's thinking so much bigger now that it's like he doesn't care about this nice little packaged CD that everyone can put in their CD player. He wants to create this whole thing that gets you excited. Yeah, I mean that's a good point, and I, you know, I just wonder how that's going to figure into his actual music, and like you said, if his music is going to have to evolve because he's got all these other creative pursuits that he's going after. But that's a great point. Um, I, I definitely think he's he's got a lot of other things that he's more interested in now, as evidenced by, you know, his his interview um, that he did. Um, and all these other things that he wants to explore under the Yeezy brand. Um, but he's definitely evolving and you're right. You know, I love it is, is crazy and it's absurd, but it sort of, it it makes sense. You know, he, it always, he never really does anything that it doesn't really make sense for him not to do. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's very interesting decisions that he's making. Very interesting to say the least. Um, all right. Well, Thank you so much for joining me on these three podcasts. I'm almost positive that we will be having more of these podcasts about other topics and subjects and definitely probably more about Kanye West. So uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with me. Thanks for having me. All right. I'll see you soon. Thanks. I'd like to thank Armin Kara Oglanian for being on the podcast. If you like what you heard, check out the next episode and subscribe to the podcast. You can also contact me at majorlyminorpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. Thank you so much.